Thank <laughs> you. 
Wait, we're... Let me finish. 
How many here? You're going to receive a word today that will revolutionize your life. But I want you to understand something. God. You know, the Bible doesn't say that God hides things from you. He hides things for you. It's the prerogative of a king to search out a map. It's for us to search it out. Uh, I'm going to give, that's the Proverbs, but I'm going to give you the... the the version that comes out of the book of Mark. Now, many times, did you know that the Bible was not written so that you could have money in your pocket? I'm going to say something that's kind of odd because everybody says, prosperity is God's will. It's true. But do you know that in times past we were taught faith, we were taught righteousness, we were taught love, and we were taught, taught all of these things in increments? Why? Well, it's just like any type of training. When you're in first grade, when you're in kindergarten, when you're in preschool, you learn to read, to identify, to break the code. What's the code? 
the language, how to speak, how to spell, how to write. And then you get into uh, arithmetic, adding, subtracting. Pretty soon you get into division. But division is with the remainder. How many remember doing the remainder this and remainder that? But what do you do with the extra number? Then you start learning higher arithmetic that actually takes that and there is no remainder. You actually break it down and divide it into the decimals and the fractions. And everything is taught in increments. Amen? And so as we're taught and trained, anybody who trains starts with the fundamentals. Then from the fundamentals they add what? Precision to what everyone. See, did you know that there are people who who are marksmen that are experts to shoot, and they, they can hit a target at, I don't know, X amount of clicks that, they, that is beyond, and they can hit a nail that is in a board. But then there's other people who are not talented to do that, but they're, more, they're talented to, to strategize and to bring a plan. They're those that are called elite people. But as you begin to learn incrementally, you begin to find your AGTs, your abilities, your giftings, and your talents. And God begins to separate and move his sheep into places where they would be the most effective. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit puts you in the body. He puts you where you belong, where you're needed. Not because you go to, well, I only go there to get fed. Wait, no, that's not what it is anymore. It's what you have to give into that group. Not, and I'm not talking about money, because money comes. Your needs being met and the abundance comes in the context of being where you belong, being who you're called to be, and primarily being God's people. Because God's people don't work for a living, they give for a living. But we have to change our minds. We have to change our mind skins or wine skins to be able to comprehend what God is because we've been born again into his kingdom. Okay? We've been called to operate in a kingdom that will influence this world. But we've been taught that we build our churches, that we build our ministries, and we do this. And all these churches and ministries, have we changed the world? No. Have we changed our city? No. Have we changed our community? No. We come into a place and we pray and we shout and we do all these things, but no one moves. We leave the confines of our nice air-conditioned church, get in our nice air-conditioned car, and go home to our nice air-conditioned home, if it is. Or, or we leave the confines of a patio where, the, where, they're, where we're mildly warm, where we go into our car that has 440 air conditioner, four windows down at 40 miles an hour, and we go home and open our windows and put a fan there. I mean, whatever it is that you call home, we do this, but we're not affecting our community. The season that we're in today has changed because we've gone from being taught incrementally the subject of faith, the subject of love, the subject of righteousness, the subject of freedom and grace. We've been taught the subject of prosperity, the, God, the subject of healing, and God wants as well. We've learned all of these things. Many people have studied theological theses that they begin to form ideas and ideologies and, 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 and understanding pedigree. But when have we applied this to our life to make us better, to make the world around us better? If all we're doing is gathering knowledge, we can have all the books, all the encyclopedias, all the Bibles in the world, but our world still remains the same because we're not engaged in the world that we live in. Are you with me? We've heard forever. The sower sows the word. The word is a subject. Our hearts are there. That's true. But we were taught that in the context of faith. We were taught that in the context of who God is and what, we're able to, and what is in it for me, what we're about to receive. How many have been taught that? How many here have been in meetings with faith? So whoever gave this offering, 100 before we turn, everybody goes, woo, and they're thinking about what? Money. How do you know that's true? Now, does God meet the needs of people all throughout the world? Does the same gospel work in the United States that works in Mexico that works in third world nations? Yes, and it will prosper its people. But in this season, what has moved, that rain that is falling from heaven, that's, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're in this latter-day rain. And, and it's moved. Where? Because God is now raising up his church to be an army of the living God, to operate as one. 
not in division, as one. God told us to be, what, united, watch this, and in unity, not the unity of the doctrine, but the unity of the spirit, in the bond of what? Peace. No strife. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us don't agree with the first church, the Nazarene, the Baptists, the Catholics. No, God didn't call it. They're all doing their part. What did Jesus say when they came to complain about the division? If they're preaching me, they're talking about me, leave them alone. True? It's because you're not called there. That's why you don't see eye to eye. You're called somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? We're here to reach the world. We're here to affect. Joseph, at the age of 30 years of age, he went through. Can't tell you something? There's people say, well, where you been? You know, or something like Hell and back. Some people say, I've been there. Then get out. Joseph went through all kinds of things. But his AGT, his abilities, his giftings and his talents, made him number one everywhere he was. I know Joseph went through some changes. They sold him as a slave. Don't complain about your family background. They treated me like trash. You know what? Joseph, his own kin, sold him as a slave. You know what? The chapter on you has not closed. If you've been the one that's been at the, the runt at the bottom of the totem pole, things will change because God has called you to greatness. See, Joseph at the age of 30 was a premier. There wasn't anything that happened in that nation if it didn't go through him. Can I tell you something? Daniel. There's so many people that are wrapped up, oh, well, I can't do this. It's against the law. You know, it was against the law to pray. You know what Daniel did? He hid in this little room in the closet in the basement, and he did his prayer. No, he stood in the open window. And he prayed. Church, if you hide and you're not effective now, you're going to be lion food. But Daniel and his God were lion tamers. I know the Lord dropped in me and I thought, that is good, God. But he told me, are you going to be lion food? Or are you going to be, you and your God going to be the lion tamers? When the king, who had no, because see, when a king issues a word, it's done. That king did not want Daniel to be eaten up. So later on, he went down and checked him out. Daniel, you still there? He goes, yep. Then they threw the guys into the lion's den, and they were eaten. What are you going to be in this season, lion food or lion tamers? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. They prepared an oven, hot, seven times hot. The people that tied them up and threw them in there burned. In the midst of the fire, they were walking around and having fellowship. They were talking to, they were talking to Jesus. They're hanging out with God in the midst of the fire. What do we do in the midst of the fire? God, why, why, God, what? You're not acting like more than conquerors at that point, because Jesus said you are more than conquerors. God, you love me to God. No, because nothing will separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Do we forget those things? Is that word real in our heart? God, you leave me here to starve? See, David was ready to say that, but he said, no, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is he begging bread. See, David went through those periods of time where he, you know what, he was out there in the caves of Angelum, and then all kinds of people came to see, what are we going to do, David? But he's already had the anointing as king. He was king in the caves of Angelum so that when he got and was put into the place, 
the whole, his whole cabinet and all the people he brought in, he installed because they were ready. Are we going in the times of our cave dwelling days, are we going to be ready to be installed along with those that are around us? Or will we have to play catch up? I am not lion food, and I don't believe you are either. You have a God that's more than enough. I am not lion food. If I had to face a lion, I'm going to be like David. You leave those people alone. Open the mouth of the lion and pull the lamb out. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? God has called us to be more than conquerors, above only, not beneath. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed all the time. Your barns are supposed to be full. Why? See, we put conditions. Some of us are New Old Testament theologians where we put the conditions that were put on God's people that were not his sons and daughters. Because back then they were his possessions. Today, you are like him. I didn't think you were God. Your pedigree and your DNA is of God. You are in his image. You have been grafted into the good tree. He sees no stain and he sees no wrong in you. A lot of times we want to see the wrong in people, don't we? And then we say, well, this is why the blessing hasn't come to you. No, the reason why the blessing hasn't come to you is because your mind still looks for conditions upon God's word in which there are no conditions. You know what the only condition is? Love. The Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. In that context, we are to go together to affect this world and, and, and bring the people from reconciliation to redemption. We're to affect this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How? To teach the nations to observe the commands of the Lord. He didn't he said, go out and make disciples. When was the last time you got someone born again? Much, you know, and when was the last time you brought a disciple? You know that the easiest way to make a disciple? Get them born again and get them to church. Because if you don't know what to tell them, get them to church. You know the biggest mistake missionaries went to do? They got into nations that didn't dress like they did, and they, they got people who wore skin and put a shirt and tie on, top, on them and said, okay, now God can receive you in church. They put conditions. We keep wanting to put conditions on the people and not understanding that in their flesh they are always flesh, but we just know one after the flesh. You know what will keep you moving into the next phase of where we're at today? It's his word. His word is final authority in our life. When someone says, you know what, you've done this and this and that, I say, thank God, you're not, thank you, Father, that person's not God, because I'd be in hell. Thank you, Father, that I live and breathe your word. You know what it has to do with the word? Have the word around you when you wake up, when you lay down, when you sit down, when you eat, when? All the time. The word keeps you fed. You know, if you know... A lot of people say, I know the word. No, you have to feed on the word. You know what? It's, it's the one thing to look at a steak, smell it, and say, if I could tell you right now about your favorite food, then you begin to say, man. And inside, your, you know, we begin to, to think about that. We begin to get hungry for that. We begin to say, man. But you know what? That alone will not sustain you or nourish you. Amen? You've got to open up your Bible. You've got to read what the word says. You've got to fellowship with the Father and just pray and say, God, because this is your first introduction to who God is and to know him and the power of his resurrection. How do you know the power of his resurrection? You look at what Paul did. You look at what Jesus did. You look at what the disciples all did, and they were there doing what? Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, the deaf heard, the lame walked. Every time. They said, what's, what's one of the signs? John the Baptist said, hey, and he knew already who Jesus was, but you know what? He was in the fire. He was in a place where he was to lose his head for, 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 for his call and for what he has done. 
And what happened was, here he was in, in this place, and he said, I need to decrease that he might increase. And watch what happened. He said, is this him or should we look for another? He was looking for a way out. No difference in Jesus when he was at, 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 at Gethsemane. Lord, let this cup pass, if it's your will. And you know what God did? Send an angel to strengthen him. You know, a lot of times the last thing we want when we're in the fire is an angel to strengthen us. We want him to pull us out. Come on now, do you understand what I'm saying? God sends you an angel to strengthen you. Thank you, Lord, but I don't want to be here. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we're in the fire, and guess what? Your way of escape is the word of God. It's the declaration of what God has said about you that will get you out. And he'll send you angels to strengthen you. We've got the precedence. The word of God gives us many episodes of precedence of what God will do with his people. So what about the Old Testament? Jesus is the manifestation of the Old Testament. So you want to look at Jesus? You want to see what the Father looks like? Jesus said, look at me. Don't go to the Old Testament where, where, can I tell you something? The Old Testament, when judgment came, it was a nation. It wasn't an individual. Nation. The Bible says God's people are not appointed unto wrath. The biggest example, Sodom and Gomorrah. Get out. Lord, if there be ten righteous, would you, you know, would you save the place? Yes, there weren't. So he got the family to escape, and the judgment came upon the nation. Now watch. What if in the United States there's, there's judgment coming to the U.S.? What about us? God will send you to Goshen. Well, you can prosper. But if you sit there and say, what? Me? Look at me. Oh, no. You know what? God will supply you with a job. God will supply you where there isn't. He'll give you, you know what? That God is able to do abundantly above all you ask. I think he'll create a position so that you can stay with the company. But where is your faith? Is your faith in the economy? Is your faith in what the president says? You know, you ought to be praying for your president. And, and, and listen, the Bible says that the kings are in his hand and he moves them like the rivers. But if we're not praying, see, the watchman on the wall got to get back on the wall. The watchman on the wall got to get back on the wall and quit crying out what the world is saying and begin to cry out what God says. Now, this is, this is a message for the season. You're going to get eaten up if you don't get involved with what God is doing. Can I tell you, prosperity won't come the old way. I speak to my wallet, be full in Jesus' name. No, get involved in the kingdom, and your wallet will be full because now you have a purpose for which your wallet will be full. Don't look at me crooked because it's not about you. It's about his kingdom. It's about Jesus and his kingdom. And if you're in the kingdom, can I tell you something? The ox that treads the wheat, that treads and, and then pulls the millstone to crush up the wheat, the Bible says he can partake of that. The Bible says that a workman is worthy of his wages. Can I tell you something? Just like you want to raise where you work, the workman in his kingdom is worthy of his wages. Are you a $100,000 a year person? Then work like a $100,000 a year person. You know, the funny is that the, 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 as I, as I, in, in the workplace, as I moved up the corporate ladder, I realized that the closer I got to in leaving the, 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 the managerial middle management and got into higher management, I realized that my life wasn't my own. They called me at 11 o'clock. Imagine the nerve of these guys. 11 o'clock. We have a meeting. Come on down. 36 miles away, we may have a meeting coming down. It's 11 o'clock. I'm with my family. It didn't matter. Because I was on slavery, or we call it salary. But we were there at their, at their beck and call. And I realized the pager... Everything is saying, oh, this is status. I got a pager. No, it's bondage. Everything rings. You got to go. And now we have cell phones. It's worse. Now, think about this. If you're involved in the kingdom of God, you're his. You've been bought with a price. We don't believe that. 
because we don't act like his kids. We don't act like our dad owns everything. We say, man, what would you, what would you do if your dad was the, was the, the, the founder of Walmart? You can walk anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. Rockefeller. What if your father was the owner of Bank of America? Run. No, I'm kidding. But you know what? Anything was possible. Why? Because you had money. But you notice that there are people with money that are dying of diseases that money can't cure. But our Savior can heal every disease. Now, uh, let's turn our Bibles. I want to talk to you about this. The wonderful return. You know the hundredfold return? Jesus, every time he talked, it was about the kingdom of God. Some people, a lot of people want the hundredfold return without entering the kingdom of God and being sold out to that kingdom. Hundredfold return won't come to you. You know what, the, you know what God's most valuable possession is? The people. The people. If you don't love people enough to bring them into the kingdom, then you know what the sheep's price possession was? The shepherd. Why? Because through the shepherd came the abundance of food, the abundance of care, the abundance of every supply and shelter that that sheep ever needed. The sheep that were outside of the fold were subject to the elements around them. So the, the, the prized possession of the sheep was the shepherd. What is your prized possession? You know that the Bible calls it the sheep of the pasture? then the shepherd ought to become your prized possession. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and I, and I never used to, but I'm becoming more confident in who I am and what God has called me to be, because he put me here. Not, it wasn't my talent. My, my AGTs are there to function in the place that he called me. But watch this. AGTs, again, are abilities, giftings, and talents. Now watch this. You ought to pray and keep me in prayer because the words that come out of my mouth are for you. Yeah, pray for Pam, myself, our family, and your, other, and your pastors in this place. God, keep them in Jesus' name. Because I remember hearing a, a testimony of one of the, the pastor. This was a, 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 a person who traveled the world to preach the gospel, but had a pastor. And this pastor had a stroke. And the biggest thing that affected him is that the man would only mumble. And she said, God! She cried out to God and said, devil has taken his mouthpiece the mouthpiece, and you can't have them. And she stayed up interceding for her pastor over and over and got the prayer team out there because they were praying prayers like, oh, God, they were almost mourning. And she said, no, because the enemy has sealed his mouth and stolen his ability to speak. And, and the, law, the end result was that God healed and had no more uh, uh, evidence of a stroke. They, but they knew the value of the man of God who was bringing the word of God to them. What we ought to value is the chief, the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, from all our needs and supplies. The hundredfold return. I like what it says, what you get. Watch. It says the hundredfold return in, 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 in this time. Everybody say this time. It's not in the by and by. It's now. Houses and bro- brothers and sisters and mothers and children. Notice it didn't say gold and silver. What he was saying first were houses, which is good. I'm all for that. But Why? Because part of the hundredfold return is brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and then land, and then with those persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. Where did it say gold? Yes, ma'am. This is Mark 10.30. And it says, 
Now, notice that the hundredfold return said nothing about money. But if you begin to look at the scriptures and study the scriptures, and where these people are concerned, there is always the provision and the abundance that God wants for his people. We need to quit seeking riches and seek out the kingdom because in the kingdom, the Bible says that where your heart is, there's your treasure. The kingdom of God, I'm going to tell you something, the kingdom of God is not a material kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom that brings external manifestations in your life. It's a spiritual kingdom that brings external manifestations in your life. That's why your treasures in heaven, how do you, watch this, Jesus told Peter, he says, who do men say that I am? And he had the answer. It wasn't Elijah. It wasn't the, the other prophets. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. The revelation that he was the anointed and his anointing, the son of God, the one who was promised. To do what? To bring, to reconcile this world unto God. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So, when this kingdom is manifest, how does it manifest? Through you and me. Through you and me. The, the, see, the revelation that he received, it says, and here are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That you, might, you know what keys are for? To gain access. Peter finally had access into what God had for him at the time. Imagine having access to those things of God, to the mysteries and to the secrets of the kingdom of God. That's what he had access to. Many of us have a set of keys and we don't use them. Let your kingdom come, Lord, and we expect things to happen around us. No, God puts in you everything that pertains to life and godliness he gives you. Every spiritual blessing, according to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3, every spiritual blessing has already been given to you. Sometimes the word of the Lord that we receive, a lot of people cry out to God for things they've already received. God, heal me. He's already provided it. Get it. It's, in the, it's part of the kingdom. It's part of what you have. God, supply my needs. The Bible said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. But to whom did he say that to? To those Philippians that were sold out and gave it all. Have we ever reconciled this to God? God, everything I have is yours. And then mean it? Especially when you trip, God says, you know what, and you come back with an offering ready to give and say, God, I'm going to give this offering. And you come, and then God turns around and tells you to increase it. Just give, the, give what you have. And you're like, God, you know, I've got to get gas to get home. You know what? Where's our trust? See, when he speaks, you've got to trust him. But you know what? We get crazy when he comes to, well, you know, Lord, oh, you know. I can't tithe. Why can't you? See, Jesus talked to a group of people and said, oh, ye of little faith. Now, that word little faith, it, it means small, but of a short burst. A lot of us have faith for the minute, but we don't have faith to sustain. Small faith is not a problem with small faith, because he says if you have faith the size of mustard seed, what will you do? Move a mountain. But what if you begin to pray, and, you, and your faith doesn't sustain you for the next minute? So you have, not only have little faith, the faith grows. Not only do you have little faith, but it's just in a short burst. When you look at the word, and you look at the origin of that word, it's talking about having small and faith that is not sustained through the time that it needs to be in, in place. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word. How do you grow in faith? Hearing and hearing by the word. How do you grow in faith? The Bible says praying in the Holy Ghost. What? Building yourself up in the most holy faith. So it comes from prayer and hearing of his word. 
Are you hearing? The Word of God becomes your sustaining force. Now, Mark chapter 4, we're talking about the sower sows the Word. How many are getting this so far? Are you getting something out of this so far? Um, You know what? I'm covering a lot of ground fast. But I'll tell you what, the hundredfold return has to do with his kingdom. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. Why did he speak so much about the kingdom? Because this is what he was bringing. He said, it's at hand. You know, every time he did a miracle, he said, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. He spoke, but we don't have enough teaching on the kingdom because we used to think that the kingdom was in the by and by. It was after we died. No, it's now. You need to get the concept. Because, see, if we don't get the concept, we're never going to understand what Jesus said. Even in the parables. You know that the parables were explained the kingdom of God. But we don't understand that. Why? Because we don't have an ear to hear. Let me, let me break some ground. I'm going to break some hard heads right now. Chapter 4, verse 1. Y'all there? Chapter 4, verse 1 of Mark. I'm sorry. I really appreciate the sacrifice to be here because You're paying the price to receive the word and to get into the presence. You pay the price. There are a lot of people not willing to pay the price. You know what? There's people that will go. They'll go, to, they'll go to a party on Saturday night with the family and won't be here. They'll go to the movies on Saturday but won't be here. Can I tell you what? If a movie's going to keep you from being in the presence of God and in this church, don't go to the movies. You know you've got to plan your budget. Time for gas to get here. Make provision. The value that you place on the Word of God is your faith at church. Because at church is where you receive orders from headquarters for the next, the next week, the next two weeks, the next three weeks. You know what? I don't, have, I don't want to see people here just like I can say, oh, you know, we've got 40 people in church. That doesn't matter. What matters to me, out of 40, if 10 people got a hold of the Word and are running with it, that does me a world of good. If I have 1,000 people and only 20% catch it, I'm going to show you what keeps you from catching the word. Are you with me? Because the word has to be final authority in our life. We have to be sold out. We have to be sold out to God. Everything we have belongs to him. You know, but we trip. We trip on the tithe. Oh, the tithe. Oh, the Bible doesn't teach the tithe. Okay. Then give. Like it has everything depends on you because the Bible says that he blesses your, watch this. The tithe has to do with possession, so you pay the tithe. Do you know that in the New Testament we give the tithe? But in the Old Testament we gave the tithe. Why? So that it increased to 90%. Stretch it. But in the New Testament, we give the tithe because it's a starting point to be, to, what's this? So that we may bless, we be blessed in what we sow. Oh, wait, what do you mean? The tithe is your sowing? No, the tithe is the tithe. The tithe keeps the barns full. The tithe keeps the blessing of God operating in your life. But what's this? It's not a law or a command. It becomes what you do because you've seen the example of what happens to tithers. What happens? Your goods are, are, are preserved. The benefits of tithe are, are, are still there. Your goods are preserved. How many here want, you know what? I know that people like to see new washing machines every three years, but I tell you what, I get a lot of joy for washing machines that still last 30 years. Why? Because I got better things to do with my money than spending $1,000 on a washing machine. Yeah, but it has a little sink where I can wash my clothes. Well, if you're in, a, if you're in another place, you've got to think next to your Next to your you're washing your sink, and you can wash, you can rinse things out there. You follow what I'm saying? It's all neat. Look, it's a new toy. But, but you understand, I mean, it's convenient, and it's cool, and it's good. 
but we like little things. Oh, look, the refrigerator. I don't have to open the whole door. I can just pull out a little drawer and get my lunch things. Okay? You know what? Those things are nice. Everyone say nice. Not necessary. Okay, but it's nice. But if, that's, if that thing keeps things cold and it's still good, go for it. Because, you know what? Let God give you that. If you go to Sears and you see it and you say, man, Lord, I'd like one of these. And just put your faith out there for it. It doesn't become a necessity. Just say, God, I know that you love me. You know what? I used to buy my daughter Barbie toys. You know that at the end when she was a teenager and she was leaving Barbies behind, did you know that I think Pam counted she had almost about 300 Barbies? But she loved Barbies. Almost 300 Barbies. My son David, every action figure that was out there concerning G.I. Joe and Star Wars, he had it all. Why? Because we were parents that loved him. And we wanted to give him things. God, your father, loves you. And you belong to his family. And he'll bless you. Because he loves you. You're his favorite daughter. You're his favorite son. He'll put these things in your hands. Because what? Not, not because you're in the kingdom. See, because everything that... See, you know what? The son, the prodigal, you know what it's all about? It was a rich kid who went out into the world to make it on his own. And what did he do? What a lot of rich kids do when they're spoiled. They go out and spend their money on riotous living. When he came back, he said, you know what? I'm going to be a slave at my dad's house. And then he'll take me back. I'll be living there. I'll be eating better than, than eating with these pigs. He went back. God, his father, who represented, represented God, the father, received him, put the ring of, uh, of, 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 of authority back on his finger, put the robe of righteousness back on, killed the fatted calf and celebrated. The other son, who, was a, who represented the Pharisees, you know what he did? Man, I've been here all along. Oh, I didn't get anything because he was still working on earning what his dad had rather than being an inheritor. Just like his father. He said, everything I've had here and more is yours. See, we think that he spent his inheritance. No, he just spent the money that his dad gave him. Because if you make mistakes, God will bless you. And you come back to him. You come back to him. And you know what the compound was? It's going all about going out and influencing the, the, the world that he lived in. So, Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him and was so large that he got on the boat and sat on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore of the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. Now, parables, I want you to see this. Parables are examples to bring us, to, to give life to doctrine. Parables are not doctrine, but they illuminate doctrine. Now, watch this. And, and then what it says, and in his teaching said, now that teaching right there means a Lego. When it says together with said, teaching said, it becomes a Lego. When you buy Legos for your kids, what are they, what are they called? Building blocks. So Jesus was giving them building blocks. You know, when you give kids Legos, you don't build things for them. You let them see what they do, their imagination. When God gives you teachings, he wants to see what you'll build. Because that's the expression of your faith. The expression of who you are, you will build differently from the person sitting next to you. You can't judge by how they build, because you build how you build, and they build how they build. I'd rather teach someone to do something, and I could show them the first time how to do it. I'll find the pump. This is how I want you to do it. Afterwards, when they know the foundation of which I taught them to get the results I want, they can go about it any way they want, as long as they come out with the same results. The same thing with you. Your expression is to bring people into the kingdom and to expand and grow the kingdom of God. How you do it? The Bible says there's diversities of gifts, there's diversities of talents, and there's diversities of abilities. He just wants you to be fruitful in all of it. The Bible says to be, when he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful increase and multiply and replenish the earth. You know that we still have the same will of God concerning that? Go out and make disciples. Expand the kingdom 
teach the nations to observe the commands of the Lord. That's what we're to do. And we think it's just to bring people in. But if you can't disciple someone, get them saved and bring them to church. The lost, there's a lot of lost sheep out there that used to belong to churches who got hurt and all the junk that's going on. Bring them here. This is a safe place. Because I need people that are talented, that are gifted and have ability to let them loose into this big world and affect them. Now watch what it says. And he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. What did he go sow? What did he sow? In the book of Genesis, it said that from, from the beginning to end, from the alpha to the omega, what is it going to be? Seed, time, and harvest. That's seed time. Seed, time, and harvest. You know that some of you have been prayed for to be healed, and you think, well, I, don't know, I guess it didn't happen. No, it's seed, time, and harvest. The Bible says lay hands on the sick, and they recover. You know what I mean? Lay hands on it, and they recover. How many ever had a cold that hung on for half a, a whole week? And you're standing believing God for healing. Because you know what? A lot of times when we... How many have ignored a cold symptom until it got, until it got bad? We all do. Because we, we don't have time. And what we do is we pop an Advil, get it through, decongestant, and get it through. But we didn't, the minute it comes on, we're going to say, no, in the name of Jesus, these symptoms leave. Go, in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be under you. But you know what we do? We let them hang on. Next thing you know, we're believing for healing. They, they took root. That's all of the subject. Now watch this. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. Sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up, choked the plants, so they did not bear fruit. Still other seed fell on good soil. It grew up, produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, even 100 times. Then Jesus said, this is important, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now that word hear, hear let him hear, it means, watch this, you've got to write this down. It means to comprehend, to listen, to attend to, and perceive. Now what's that word, what's another word for perceive? Everyone say to see. To see. That word perceive means to see. You know, you cannot, you cannot come to the kingdom of God unless you see the kingdom first. Jesus said that word perception is how you see the kingdom. Then he said, verily I say unto you, this is John chapter 3, so those of you taking notes, verily I say unto you, again, that you cannot, you must be born again or born from above to enter the kingdom. The kingdom is something you enter. Because when you perceive, you receive the keys, then the keys give you access to enter. Okay, now watch this. You don't have to get the, 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 the copy of this, yeah. Let them hear means to attend to, to listen, to comprehend, and to perceive, to see the kingdom of God, to see. See, people don't have ears to hear. They, they'll hear, but they log it into their memory. But, you know, the word logged into the memory won't do you a thing. It has to be in the heart because it's spiritually discerned. This is why, you know what? I became confident. I used to be intimidated by my teachers as I grew in the things of God. I figured the theologians, man, oh, my God, they, they can parse the Greek like no one else. They, they can... They can they can translate Hebrew. And then you know what? You know why I don't take Hebrew yet? I'd like to. But you know why I don't take Hebrew and Greek right now? Because we've got so many learned teachers that know how to do it. Man, that I'll, I'll partake of their gifting. Amen? Well, how do you know they're wrong? You know what I do? Is I, I, I take a sample. I don't just see one. I'll take three or four of them. I know what they say. If they're saying more or less the same thing. And guess what? You know how we learn the Bible? The Revelation. You know what I do with the Revelation that I receive? I compare it to what the theologian said. Why? I don't want to be off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I look at the Greek, I look at Philip, and I look and, and divide it and look at all this stuff, but then watch this. I want to show you here. Have ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone with the twelve and the others around him, uh, they asked him about the parables. 
And he said, watch this. This is a key. The secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. But to those on the outside, watch this. Everything is said in parables so that what? They may ever be seen but never perceiving. See, perception is based on sight. How many know that we have four Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? They all saw the life of Jesus, and they, and they wrote as the Holy Spirit led based upon their perception. What is the perception? It doesn't mean that it's wrong. If all of us are out here and we see an accident happen on that corner, every single one of you is going to have an angle, an aspect. How many, if you're into sports, how many have ever seen a call that is so close? Just, just lately, there was a, 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 the game of the angels. They were running. One of them began to run towards home plate, and they threw the ball. It looks like everything got there at the same place. There's a cloud of dust, and he slid. And, and the umpire said, safe. The other team was crying foul. No, we got it. they played the video seven times from different perspectives, and at all corners it said he was safe. This is what, we, this is what the Gospels were all written through, a different perspective, a perception of what they saw. None of them were wrong. And they all point to the same thing. Jesus manifests the Father at every point and gave glory to God. And so... Sometimes we hear someone say, this is my revelation. Well, you know, the Greek says this. You know what? When you search the Greek out, it draws pictures. And out of the pictures, there's perception. What's this? And so he says there's people that are ever, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might, they might turn and be forgiven. Now, you know that the Bible in Matthew chapter 12 says the same parable, but it says those who understand, who hear and understand, will bear fruit 30, 1600 fold. What do you understand? In the heart. This is the core where you know that you know that you know. Not know that you know because they'll change your mind. See, your mind, when he talks about wineskins, he's talking about your mindskin. This organ here begins to understand things but begins to try to tell your heart what is right. When you begin to perceive with your heart, then you tell your mind what to look for. Let that sink in for a minute. Now watch this. So then Jesus began to explain. Now I'm going to share, share with you these mindskins. Now watch. His word reveals the secrets of the kingdom. His word will reveal the secrets of the kingdom. This is what the sower sows, the word. Now watch to see this. Then Jesus says, watch this. He is going to explain to you at this moment the secrets of the kingdom of the word of God sown. A lot of people say, so tells the word. No. The, the object of this is the word. No, it's the kingdom. It's the revelation of the kingdom of God. So many times, because of how we were taught, we were taught, oh, it's the secret of the word, secret of the word. Yes, it is, but what is this word about? The kingdom. Not just the word growing in your spirit. See, look at your neighbor and say, it's all about me. See, for a little while, we were being taught things as though it was all about us. How do we grow? How do we prosper? How do we stay healed? Come on now, isn't it true? And, we, and it was a necessary path to travel so that we may understand pieces of his will so that we go out in the world and we give the whole counsel of God. Did you know that we still don't know the whole counsel of God? I like when preachers say that. I preach the whole counsel of God. Dude, you don't even know the whole counsel of God. We know this much. Now watch this. And this <laughs> don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? This is the key to understand the kingdom. What? The farmer sows the word. Who's the farmer? God. He sows the word. Now watch this. Number one, in the book of Matthew, the people are the word. In this place, the word is the word, and the hearts of man 
are the soil. But in the book of Matthew, it is explained that the people are the seed that go out. But anyway, that's all other thing. But watch this. And the farmer shows the word, and some people are like seed. Who's like seed? Who's like seed? Some people. Watch it. As soon as they hear it, the word, now watch this. Along the path where the word is sown. They're like seed. The people are like the seed where the path was sown. Now watch this. The path there isn't just the wayside. No, okay. This is what it means. You know what the path that was up? It's the path that is most traveled. But do you know what the Greek, the picture that it paints? is a hard-headed individual. They ain't going to change no matter what they hear. This is how I studied it. This is what the word says. This is how I know it. This is, you know what? Shut your mind up. You're blockheaded at this moment. You're those that ever hear and never understand. Because you're not willing to understand the word for the season. It doesn't change the original meaning. You know what I had to really realize? I had to break up the rocks in my head when I began to see this. And I thought, what the heck? I didn't learn it this way. But I didn't want to become the path. When I saw that word there about the path, it's a person that becomes unbending and unchanging. How many of you try to minister to someone that says, what? My family's Baptist, and, 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 and I, my father was a Baptist, I was a Baptist. We even have our name on the first few. I'm not going to change for anyone. That's church attendance. That's church membership. That's not life. How many ever talk to someone that's hard-headed about the religion? Well, this is what people have become, especially in some word of faith circles, that they learn faith this way, this is the way it is, I'm not going to change. In this season, you better change, because God's putting it all together in one bag, and he's taking all the different streams prophetically and bringing them into one stream, so that we all come into the unity of the faith, not the unity of doctrine. Understand that, because he's giving you the secrets to the kingdom of God. And a lot of us become hard-headed. And what happens? Satan comes and steals the word that was thrown immediately. What it is, you keep your doctrine, you keep your thinking, you keep this, and I'm not going to change for no one. How many meet people like that? We've got to say, can I tell you something? The way to Jesus is narrow. The way to the kingdom is narrow. But afterwards, the door opens wide. Why? Because you get to express the word of God through your expression. I used to listen to the Bible answer man, Walter Martin. I appreciate that guy man's ministry so much. And people would call and say, what do you think of Ernest Ainsley? He preaches the gospel. His word is sound. Yeah, but isn't it kind of weird? Yes. And he said, what do you think of Benny Hinn? His word is sound. He preaches the gospel. I don't agree with everything he says. Yeah, but he's like Captain Coleman and he walks around like Captain Coleman. He said, he's preaching the gospel and he's reaching people. He goes, what do you think of W.B. Grant? And he finally gets tired of these people and they say, you know what, if they're preaching the gospel and they got monkeys flying from trapeze to trapeze, it doesn't make any difference. I remember when he said, yeah, flying monkeys in the circus, as long as you're preaching the gospel and it's your expression, it's fine. When I heard him say that, I had nothing to say of anybody that ministered the word. Because you know what, some of those people are my cup of tea and some of them they're not. That's true. It's just like a singer. Some people love Frank Sinatra. Some people can't stand him. Did you know that they did a world study that took a little over 10 years, and they played music of all kinds to every type of people, and they said what came back, hands down, is that people can listen to Frank Sinatra music every day, all the time, and they get, sick, they get less sick of his music than anybody else. Everybody else's music drives people batty after a while. And but his was the longest lasting. Now, what does that mean? Nothing. It just means people that, it just means really nothing. It becomes 
I, I sometimes I have so much trivial nonsense in my mind because I read little things. But what happens is it means that more people prefer his style of music for longer lengths of time than anybody else. But you know what? There's people that love Spanish regional, which the, the Mexican regional music, which is Norteña, and people love that. My dad played that. I couldn't stand it. But give me someone like Vicente Fernandez, you know, uh, Pedro Infante, these, these mariachi-type singers that were riding their horse in big hat. You know, I grew up, my parents listening to that stuff. And then on the other flip side, my mom loved Tom Jones. <laughs> you know what? We would get embarrassed if kids would come running, coming home, and either my dad was blasting music because they loved stereophonic stuff, or my mom was, we'd hear Tom Jones about a block away. I'm like, oh, my God. We'd take off around the block and visit a friend. We didn't want our friends knowing that my mom was listening to Tom Jones. But it's preference. Everyone say preference. Some people like country. Other people hate it. Some people like, you know, hip-hop. And they like rap. They like a lot of the different styles. And some people like rock. Some people like, can I say, they, they, they like, I mean, I heard the, the, the what do they call it? Um, Manny used to like those songs where he's on like, and, and he knows what they're saying. I said, what did I just say? Well, Jesus is Lord. He heals. He delivers. And I'm saying, glad you understood that. You know, what does that mean? Is that there's an expression for everybody? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and we spend so much time throwing rocks at what people like and how they're like than seeing what we have in common. The sower sows the word. We need to quit being blockheaded. Now watch what he says here. Then, then he says, as soon as they hear the word, Satan takes it. Why? Because it's blockheaded. And the word that was sown in them. Others are like seeds sown. Watch this. It's sown on rocky places. I like this. Watch what rocky places are. As soon as they hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Everyone say, the word is sown, I receive it, I accept it, and I produce. That's what the word does in our heart. If you're not doing that with the word, then it's, then it's seed rotting inside of you. The word, the seed is sown, you receive it, you accept it, and you produce. But watch this. They hear the word and receive it with joy. Watch this. But when they have no root. Now, that word, no root. A lot of people say, oh, you meditate day and night. Nope. That word root means, what's this? You have no progeny. I started looking at the word progeny. You know what it means? It doesn't just mean offspring, but it means offspring that is just like you that produces another progeny that produces another progeny that produces another progeny. In other words, the word sown, you become pregnant with the word and you produce. And then you reproduce again and again and again, which means what do you do with the seed? You receive it again and again and again. Because what's going to happen with the word? Some of it is, how many of you ever planted corn or whatever, and you plant it in little places, and you know what happens? Some of it comes up, and then you have this little gap, or for whatever reason, this little seed did not produce. Every, every you know, and, and I'll, I, I, I don't know, I've done it, and, and it's just, some of them grow and grow big, and I got this little gap. The seed zone, but what happened to it? It didn't grow. But guess what? I've got so much of the word in me, if I let the word come into me, the rocky places that were in my heart, no matter. I've got enough of the fruit, the fruit of the word that was sown in other places to reproduce and take that over. See, a lot of people say, well, I, got, I read the Bible. Oh, you know, I know what it says. Have you been in there? No, it's not in the heart. There's no progeny. There's no reproduction. There's nothing new. The word brings newness. Now, how often are you in the word? Every day. What does the Bible teach us about the word? What is the precedent in the Word? You talk about it when you lay down. You talk about it when you rise up. You talk about it when you sleep. You talk about it when you're awake. You talk about it at dinner. When does he, when does he talk the Word? All the time. There are people you say, well, you need to turn it off. 
Why? Is there a time to be perfectly worldly and a time to be perfectly spiritual? Then you're denying who you are. You're living a dual life. Oh, I'm living a life out here and I'm living a life out there. No. You are who you are. You're born again. And I brought the example of people who are born again pulled out of the dirt. And you, this is who you are. You're born again, but the giftings on the inside of you are totally redeemed. But when they look at you, you're dirt. You're dust, just like all the rest of us. You know what? I like that scripture. I like the, not the scripture, but the saying that says, if you cut me, I bleed red. You know what? If you, look at me in the, if you look at me, I've been in the flesh. How many of you ever get crazy drivers in front of you when you're in a hurry? How many know that the slowest drivers in the world will always be in front of you when you're in a hurry? How many know L.A. traffic is not a pleasure? You know that I get, more, I get home tired more from driving than from putting a full day at work. Anybody, anybody ever been on 91 freeway? I do. We have to go back home to our dreadland. And, and you, you look on the floor, and you get to count all the pebbles along the side of the road. You get to see people where they lost dimes. Because you're not moving, so you look around, you get to see everything you don't see when you're driving at 60, 70 miles an hour. How many have ever seen that? Or you pass by something that you pass all the time, but you're slow. I didn't know that building was there. What's that all about? Anybody look, ever look at things new? I didn't know little mountain, there were houses on those hills. And sometimes you just go, see, we get, we get bugged about stuff we're in the flesh. But then, is, how many have ever been in the middle of the flesh and then God turns around, someone calls and says, can you pray for me? I got this happening. You're thinking, man, I'm dead in the flesh. I haven't even been thinking about God. How many have ever been that way? You know that because of who you are, you can immediately go into prayer and have to expect things. Why? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as someone solely in the flesh or see someone who, who on the inside is washed, redeemed, full of the power of God, the resurrection power of God flows through your veins? When you begin to realize that, you can be dead in the flesh for a minute and just turn around and say, Father, thank you for, thank you for your presence that's in me, and, and I reject all the fleshly attitudes that I've had right now. Father, I come into agreement with you, agreement with heaven, and I release the power of God into the life of this person. So I begin to pray. I do that in a quick second, you know, because I, I have to access who I am right now. But if we don't have a word in us, then we're going to be like the person who's got rocky soil and, and, and has no root, has no progeny. Can I tell you something? You've got to have enough of a reserve of the word that's always working in you. Having no root, it means no progeny. See, it's talking about the roots that go in and expand and begin to bear fruit. If it doesn't bear fruit in this spot, it's going to bear fruit in other areas. How many know that there's areas in your life you still need to work out? How many know there's areas in your life you still need to work out? Those are where the rocky soil was and didn't grow. But you're bad, you have good fruit on the other side. You can believe God for healing for other people, but it's hard to believe God for you. How many know that was a rocky part that didn't bear fruit? Amen. And I watch this. Then he turned around and said, Then Satan comes with rocky places, no root. And he says, all at once they receive it with, but since they have no root, it lasts only a short time. There's that small faith. It's just a burst. Boom. It's small faith and it's a burst. Then it's over. Why? Because there's no other word to draw from. Now watch this. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others are like seeds on among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and desire for other things. Now in this area here, it's, it's, it's the, the, the focus is the desire of other things. How many here have the devil, that God comes and tells you, it's time to get in the Word, get to church on time? You know, you have an appointment with God. It is something that sometimes our appointments with the doctor are met, but our appointments with God are dismissed. Isn't that something? We're on time, and then we'll wait. Don't you hate that? Your appointment's at 2, but you don't get to see a doctor until 3.30. Anybody ever been to those offices? And forget about going to emergency, the triage, because if you're, if you're ailment, it's isn't life or death, and a whole bunch of nice people get in there ahead of you, you're in there for six hours. Anybody ever wait like that? And, and you know what's worse? That's not worse. 
But you know what's crazy is when you wait with someone else. Six hours. Now, when they're family, you don't mind doing it, but I'm just letting you know. When we come to the presence of God, and the service goes a little bit more than two hours, and I say, ah, man, man, you know what? You start cutting out of the word, your stomach's growling, you start thinking about steak, it's a sizzler, whatever it is, and, and, and we miss what God is doing. But watch this. The desire for other things. Come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Why? Why does it choke the Think about the verbiage here. When you're full of other things, how many here ever gone to a buffet, and you're not really that hungry, but you get a little bit of everything, and it's almost like you to choke it down if you really want to get it. And that's what happens. You're so full of other things that because of the desire of other things filled you, that the Word of God is choked out. You don't get to receive the nourishment of the Word. See, that's why when God tells you, before getting involved in other things, come and see me, spend time with me, get filled with the Word. See, a lot of times you're I don't know why I'm tempted so much. It's because you're not spending time in the Word. See, from here, I can see people that are nodding in acceptance. I can see people that are lost in their other issues. I can see all of that stuff going on. And you know what's going to happen? Those are the people who are lost in other things who are not going to receive and bear 3600 fold. Because you don't have the conscience, the desire, the ability. You don't even have a Bible open. You don't have nothing. Why? Because you don't have a desire. Because if you did, you'd be like, man, did I tell you something when I was hungry for the Word? I start writing down everything the preacher said. Or I would remember things. I'd write notes in my Bible. I'd have it open so that what I see, I'd protect. I could say, man, this is good. Now, I'm not slapping around, but, but in a way I am, because I want you to grow. You know, I want you to grow. I want you to be involved in what God is doing. I want to, but, he says, others are like seed sown on good soil. Now, that word good soil, it means soil ready to receive. If you're soil ready to receive, you don't have your mind on other things. You don't have your imagination seeing something else. Your focus is on the word. What's the word saying? What's it going to do? What, and you take it in the heart. You know, word in the mind, I'm going to tell you something, it's something that will be blown away. Someone change your mind. You get to university and they'll begin to tell you, no, you know, his word. Can I tell you, you know what changed me? Oh, it changed me. So, and Pam laughs. My wife laughs sometimes because uh, how, she remembers how it affected me. And I used to go out there and preach and teach. And we go, we'd go to Hollywood and start preaching to the people. And then one time I ran into this man, told him, and he goes, you know what? I'm an atheist. And he put his stupid finger in my chest. And what are you? going to do about that. And I was so new in the gospel, all I knew was that Jesus saved. Had no answer. And I started going to school and I started learning and I started listening. Pam and I would listen for this program of the Bible Answer Round with, with Walter Martin. We, you know, we couldn't get the signal in our house, so we'd sit in our car and listen and take notes and write. And he says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks. And I began to search the scriptures not because I wanted to have a head full of knowledge, but because I wanted to have an answer and never be caught with something. You know what hurt me more? It wasn't just my pride. It's that I, there was a man that I came in contact with that was going to go to hell because I had no words to give him. That's what hurt me the most. And then, so that's why to this day I still, finger, still feel his finger on my chest. What are you going to do about it? Man, that, that was a life changer. Because I remember just took the wind out of my sail. And I thought, I have nothing to say. So it changed me because I began to learn and say, you know what, I'm never going to be caught this way. And, and watch this. And so the word sown on good soil is that word that you hear. In other words, you perceive. You allow the word to 
you know that word that causes faith is a word that is seen. You have to see yourself in that. Have you ever watched a movie so intensely that you put yourself in one of the characters? I do that all the time because I absorb myself in what I see in the, the pictures and I put myself in the hero. You know why I was good at, why I, was good at, 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 at I don't do it anymore, but when my sons were growing up, I played games. But you know why it was good? It's because I would literally put myself in that character when you're fighting, and I did not want to get hit. When my dad had me in boxing, you know, it hurts when you get hit. I don't care how good a boxer you are. When you get your bell rung, when you get hit in the face a couple times, it jars you. I did not like that. So I would win so that I wouldn't get hurt. Go figure. And I became good so that I would not feel, you know, two or three times and your head rattles. You know why I don't give head butts? Because when you give them, it hurts you too. I see people do it and they come out of it. And one time I asked somebody, I said, man, does it hurt when you go? Man, it hurts like crazy. Uh, I'm not good anymore. Because they might hurt, but I was hurting too. And, I, and in football, I had a coach that said, you know what? If you hit them harder, they'll hurt more than you. So I learned to hit hard so that I wouldn't be the one getting hit. Well, the attitude is the same way. When you hear the word, that word comes in you. Why? Because you, you don't want crop failure. You want to do it to the best of your ability because you don't want that word to fail. And you decide, that's how you receive it. Now, watch this. And accept it. Can I tell you something? You know how you accept the word? Not agree. There's a lot of people that agree, and that's the faith. You believe that God heals. I agree with you. Why are you still sick? Now, I'm not saying that as an indictment. What I am saying is that, you know what? When I stand on his word, and watch this. If I go away not receiving the promise, I'm receiving it on the other side. It's not because I'm not moved by what I see, by what I feel, but by what I hear. I'm moved by his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what faith is. In the face of symptoms, by his stripes I'm healed. In the face of symptoms, he, I am the Lord that heals thee. And, and, and his word is seed that is working in me. Now watch this. The accepted and produce a crop, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now watch this. The secret of the kingdom is, king, is that everyone in the kingdom produces fruit. Everyone does. If you don't, you're like the person who's going to be visited with Jesus by, by, the, by the husband who comes and says, Oh Lord, I, I hid your treasure because I know that you're a strict man and that your accounting methods are strict and firm. And he said, give me that which you hid, and I'm going to give it to another. Because in his kingdom, it's use it or lose it. But his word brings alive that which is in you, the resurrection power of God in you. Now, I've got much more to say, but I've taken a lot of the time right now. But how many got something out of this right now? Because the sower sows the word for what reason? Who is the object of this? The kingdom. He's showing you the secret that causes the kingdom of God to work on your behalf. Did you know in the kingdom there's no, there's no need? Did you know in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting in verse 42, is the picture of the church of Jesus Christ. It's the same picture of Solomon's kingdom. No lack. Everyone had abundance. And those that gave, received more. Those that gave houses, the Greek has a perfect picture. They received houses. Those that gave money, received more money. Those that gave gold, received more gold. And the Bible says that systemic poverty was eliminated in the group of people that were there that were part of the church in that time. Everywhere the church went, the towns prospered. They were changed. The churches that he talked in the book of Revelation, and one of those where he said, hey, I stand at the door of your heart and knock, you know what he's saying? You guys were so great at being the church that you left me out. You're so great at manifesting the kingdom that I'm out on the outside looking in. He said, repent, return to your first love so that your candlestick is not removed. The church it was talking about was the church 
that is not, that was in the region of Turkey that was in that whole area. And guess guess who guess who the the, 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 the predominant religion is there? Because you have Orthodox people that are saying, Oh yeah, I'm all the way from Thomas. It don't matter, you're not affecting it because Muslims run that whole area. Because the church stopped being effective because they didn't let them back in. I don't want it to be said of life's word in the gathering place here at Anaheim or any place that we're at. When he says, let me in. I want to be that group that is influencing every place I go. See, you're called to your place, in your campuses, at your workplace. God has called you to influence. Not to be an annoying preacher. Have you heard those say, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. You know what? Let them know they need Jesus so they can have what you have. Because you're, influence, you're, you're manifesting the kingdom all around you. You know, every time I pass your cubicle, there's a piece about you. What is it? Boom, open door. You understand what I'm saying? How come is everything you touch seems to prosper? How come, how come you're never in third place? How come you're always in first or second place in everything that you do? Jesus, I'm no different than you. See, we manifest the kingdom of God everywhere we are. You know, as students, God opens doors. The prophetic word for you for this season is be involved. You know what? I'm going to train you to be the best you out there that I can because this is what the Bible ministry does. We train you to be apostles. We train you to be pastors. We train you to be evangelists. We train you to be prophets. Why? For the work of the ministry. I train you to be the best you that you can be. If you're given the hospitality, I train you since you're best at, at hospitality. We're going to put you into the world. Can I tell you, Jesus said something that was cold-blooded. You are my sheep of, of my pasture, but I send you out among wolves. I'm sending you out there to be wheat, but the tares are going to grow with you. Now, let me share something with you. Mary asked you had a dream about a locust that came alive. It was about this day. And this locust got out and started swirling and moving among the wheat that was already swirling. Can I tell you something about the wheat that was swirling? Is that there's a devil loose today. And the enemy does not want you to be effective because wheat that is in the air is getting rid of the shaft. Getting rid of the shaft and it's being effective. For what? To produce. It's produce. It's producing. It's fruit. And the enemy would like to eat the fruit. The enemy likes to ring your bell. But the enemy is always out there. It comes to, can I tell you, the enemy in your life doesn't come to life until you begin to be, begin to be effective. If he sees a waking giant, he's going to do everything he can to put the giant back down to sleep. But the Bible says that we're more than conquerors. So you know what? Our attitude is, I win. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I, I, we have to go back to those scriptures we learned when we were kids. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Why? Because we're those that love, that we don't operate in hate and retribution. We operate in love. We serve a God who is love. We bear the DNA. So don't tell me I can't love. Yes, you can. Some of us get the attitude like Charlie Brown in that song by the coasters. Why is everybody always picking on me? And we think, you know, everybody's after me. Rise up. God is for you. Who can be against you? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Get those promises in your heart so that you can do warfare through those promises. But get them and read them again in the Word. Get revelation that's for this season. Don't just say, well, I memorized. Go back and look at it. I want to challenge you. Get a paper Bible, a book, and open it and read it. Write down some notes. Don't just get the electronic thing that doesn't engage your mind. Uh, you know, I'm not just old school, old school reasoning. We've been listening to reports constantly that the kids that grow up with just an electronic page in front of them will do worse than those that have paper 
and actually engage their body in ingesting what it is that they're studying. So don't be lazy. Get a, get a book and read it. See, I, I'll use this one, but then I'll transfer my notes to the electronic thing and I'll bring it here because it's easier than having to thumb through all the pages. And I can put all my notes in one thing. But on this one, I put all my notes right here on the page. You can't do that with the electronic one. Because revelation falls and I start to write. It's, it's your turn, church. I'm here to train you. I'm here to make you a better you so that you can be effective for the work of the ministry. Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a book of warfare and strategy. That's what 2 Corinthians 10 4 is. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. What is Paul talking about? He is an apostle with the strategy for his time. Not all about you trying to get the sin out, because sin's already out. Paul is setting up strategies for the Church of Jesus Christ, teaching people to operate in their imagination towards God, not with the world that's in you. Isn't that amazing? Glory to God. Anybody have any questions or comments? Yes, Ms. Esther. The prophetic word for this season is the context of the kingdom of God and your place in it. This is where the prosperity, this is where the spigot of prosperity, healing, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost is, is in the context of the manifestation of the kingdom. It's no longer about you and your house. It's about what you and your house are doing to affect the kingdom. You know that we're pilgrims here? We're passing through. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word remains. His word has to be final authority in your life. Can I tell you something? People with logical minds, they hear what the word says. They say, yeah, but. He just canceled everything out. The laws of faith have a different type of logic attached to them that comes from heaven. We're operating on low-level logic here in the earth. Because the Bible says it's a wisdom. The, the highest wisdom of man is foolishness. The Bible says that if God was, a, was foolish, even the highest wisdom of man cannot compare with the foolishness of God. How many of you ever read that scripture? If God was foolish, his foolishness was still wiser than the wisdom of man. Can I tell you something? I'm going to hook up with him because his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. I want his thoughts and his ways in me. Because even if I'm with him, even when I'm foolish, I'll still be wiser than the wisdom of man. Isn't that good? Amen. Anybody else have a question or comment? Yes, sir. Can we pray for somebody? Yes. Uh, Paula Murphy, going back to work at Morocco tomorrow. Okay. What's her name, Patricia? Uh, Paula Murphy. Paula Murphy. Father, we pray for Paula Murphy. We pray that you surround her with peace as with a shield. Thank you that you surround her with favor as with a shield. Thank you that the peace that transcends all understanding abides in Paula. And Father, that you give her great peace as she goes back to work. And Father, that she walks firm with the favor jacket as she is surrounded with favors with a shield in Jesus' name. Paula, be at peace. Amen. Any comments? Let's prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And I want you to get past the idea that if you tithe, you lose. If you tithe, you gain. You know when you tithe, even when you sow your offering, your offering becomes blessed abundantly? So many of us are afraid of letting go of that which we... Can I tell you something? We give unto God, not unto man. When God gives, you cannot give God. When you give to God, you cannot give Him. We have to, can I tell you something? Part of giving is, is receiving, receiving the anointing to receive. Did you know that receiving is a physical act? Did you know that reap 
and the harvesting is a physical act. Some of us sit and wait. Some of us posture ourselves to receive a bigger and better job. You know, a lot of times if you want something bigger and better, begin to show God your face by studying to be qualified to be greater than you were in the jobs that you're in. God looks for fellow laborers. He doesn't look for lazy people because lazy people don't get anything. The Bible says that a little, a little slumber and a folding of the, of the arms leads to poverty. What we need to do is be those that are active to give and in our hearts receive because it's worship. Father, I release this and I worship you and thank you that I have the privilege of giving to you that as I give and release the 10, you bless the 90, stretch it, you cause my goods to last. Thank you, Father, that I'm a tither and that I'm a giver. And, Father, that the benefits of tithing are mine. The benefits, watch this, of giving are mine. That as I release seed, that that seed goes forth to prepare a harvest for me, 30, 60, 100 fold. And men will be back unto me. Can I tell you something? Don't deny. Watch, when someone gives you something, don't say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. No, no. Don't rob them of a blessing because they're putting it into you. Are you good soil? Receive it and pray with them and release the blessing into their lives. Don't turn it down. Release them. Unless God says, you know what, this isn't good because they're doing it out of this motive. But if God didn't warn you, release it back into their life. Press down, shaking together, running over. Know that when they give to you, they're giving it a good ground, and then you return the blessing. You always have an opportunity to return the blessing. So don't be afraid of giving because it's part of God's economy. We always release, and God gives back. But it's from the heart. It's from the heart. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody else have anything? I appreciate all those of you that came and, 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 and partook of the Word of God. I believe the Word of God will produce in you 30, 60, and 100 folds. I know that uh, we have the Word that has been ministered on Talk to You. You can go back to Talk to You under the code 112-112045, and you can get access this, or you can see Pastor George about receiving a copy of this Word in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you that as, that as we, re- we receive this offering, we worship you, Lord, as a sweet and fragrant offering to you. Lord, those of us that gave, Father, as we gave the tithe, we thank you that the windows of heaven continue to be open because we're covenant people and that we're your sons and daughters. But, Father, also thank you that as we sow seed, that it comes back into our life, Father, that what we release in, from our hands, Father, never leaves our life. It comes back 30, 60, 100 fold into our life. Father, thank you that the manifestation of, of, of abundance is in us because our mindset is in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, you receive seeds of healing. The Lord, release healing into your lives. Receive the healing into your life. And I'll tell you something. Some of you here don't want to grow old. Age, listen to me, it's just a number. Because God can make you like Caleb, who could swing a sword like he was, and even though he was 80, he could swing a sword like he was 20. God is renewing your youth like the eagle. Take that promise. It's for some of you in here who have been thinking, man, I feel like I'm slowing down. No. God wants more. And you take Psalm 103, 1 through 5, I believe, and your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's, that's, that's your anchor point. Psalm 103, I believe it's verses 1 through 5. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's the benefit of being in the kingdom of God. That's for you in Jesus' name. Now, Father, thank you that, that the people are blessed. The people are blessed, Father. And the blessing abides upon them. Great grace abides upon them. Father, they are blessed people as they go in and come back. They are blessed, Father, in everything that they do. They operate in the blessing. And, Father, release the blessing. 
a release of blessing into their lives. May they be healed. May they be strong. May they hear, may they hear your, what your spirit is saying. May they dream dreams and have visions Father, of what you have in the future for them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Church, you're dismissed and you're loved. Amen. The sweet bread inside. Amen. Thank you, sir. Oh, brother, don't worry. You know what? These are one of my favorites. I don't know if you knew. I didn't know. Yeah. Figured it wouldn't melt from the heat. This is so cool. I've been I've been watching bits and pieces of the videos on this. It's interesting. I got a line on some books that I'm selling. Praise the Lord, brother. Thank you. Oh, it's inside on the table. All right. Oh, did, did you did you pass the bucket in the house? Thank you, Xavier. Zay, Zay. Did you pass the bucket in the house? Yeah. Okay. So there's little chavalones that were in there. Cam was the only one in the house where Zay should be in there because the dog was tripping. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it was coming through. I mean, I was feeling it too. Oh, Amen. And that. Was it? It was strong on me, man. Man, I was reading it and it was like, bam, bam, bam. Hi. Praise the Lord. For you. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Oh, she had a big mouth. Thank you. And then thanks for, you know, my daughter, you know, that thing. How did it turn out? It turned out good. I got to um, I got to look at it right uh-huh. before they published it. What it is is, um, remember that word you gave? Yeah. And then, then like, oh, oh, he's a conveyor. It's a long story, but to make it short, um, somebody recommended her because um, this Christian singer, uh, I don't know if she's going to make a video um, for anti-bullying. Yes, yes. And they wanted to know that had been bullied, and my daughter, she was. So they used her, and she had another friend that she
Well, let me know. Well, God opens the doors. Yeah, but he, he went and it was, it was so funny. He was on you and all over and then they put a girl put you in the Yeah. Yeah, but see that little piece can go far. Yeah. Yeah, that little piece. Praise God. See, there are people that you're called to reach in your part will hit the heart for those that you're called to touch. Because not everybody's testimony is going to hit the heart. But there are, there are people that you're called to touch through your expression that will reach the heart of a person in change. So don't ever think that your little piece is nothing. Because if it's going to be 10 by 1,000, a percentage of those people will hear your voice and it will change the heart. That's cool, huh? Sir. Good to see you, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This stuff was burning in me. God changed my method Friday night. And I thought, oh, man, I got to get got up this morning. They put a little bit together on Saturday. And then this morning, it was just, he breathed new life on me. It's a scripture that I've learned all my life. You know, uh, what gets me is, what, you know, there's a, a lot of points that really hit me, but other scriptures are coming against other scriptures, what they're saying, like oh, yeah. saying, they're coming against the kingdom. Yes, That's what the Lord said. Yeah. And I would even say that to my workplace and my boss. I said, if they're coming against this company, yeah. they should all be for it so we can trust them more. Right. So thinking with the kingdom of God. And we listen to good teaching, mind you, mm-hmm. on the radio. And then they got to talk about another ministry. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, because the kingdom divided against itself will fall. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't do that. Yeah, I see that so much. And when you said that, I go, man, you know, the Lord has told me that. I feel it when yeah. I see that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate to even mention um, a ministry. Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to be just like it. Just like you, you know all the ministries oh, yeah. that do that. Mm-hmm. And even the church that I was from a, a while back, what message up there? And then, when he said that, that just... Oh, yeah. Shut down everything. He knows it. He puts a vision there. There he does. And it's the seed. It's a small thing that we don't see. So no. All this seed will take root. Yeah, it will. You're right. Um, and, and that's poison, you know. Yeah. That was good that you brought that up. That's real. That's good. Well, praise God. God is good. Yeah, yeah. Right, amen. Amen. That's good. And that word lasts and bear fruit in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I'll see you all again. But yeah, look forward to it and just water it. Don't doubt anything. Just let that part that you gave because it'll reach people. It'll hit them right there. Cool. Be blessed. Right. Oh, we will, bro. We went up in the British five years ago. Mm-hmm. Open up a ministry. Yeah. Okay. You think going out five years ago. The church has helped us around here with chairs and mm-hmm. all this. And after all the food. Anytime you bring the five folks in, you stay dry. Oh, yeah. You stir up devils, man. Some people started leaving. Mm-hmm. And that night, one passed his blood. We have a lady running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you see, I mean, you pray on that. Because, uh,
and I would go to work with Paris and I said, but I could leave. I went to work. Um, I went to work. I was going to work, and I, and I was two hours early. Mm-hmm. So my body would have to put up with me like this. Uh-huh. A Christian brother in there was making fun of me with some of the No. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, but I just kept on it. Look at me today. I'm home working and bird traveling every month to the ministry, going over there. Oh, to God. But you see, and then you even said another thing about your youth. See, a long time ago, I was in the word for ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Donna Summers. Yeah. That was a place that Hollywood was at the ministry. Yeah. And that pastor there, he was in the. Um, retired and everything, but that guy was so strong. Yeah, yeah. And he was so on the floor. I would go with him and walk with him to people's houses and mm-hmm. all that. This guy would just go and go <laughs> and go. Amen. Great. Yeah. And he said that he can't let the people grab it. You know what? I said to my wife, she turned 58 in, in May. I turned 58 today. And I told her, I said, you know what? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, told her, I don't feel any different than when I was 40. I mean, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Because you're looking within the spirit. Yeah. The spirit's going to please this body to get in line. Right. So you can be there because I'm 62. That's so good, great. Right? so great. We Amen. Travel and we do it. That's right. the guys that work. They're in their 30s, and I do way more than I'm a welder. I work hard, you know. And yeah. That's so great. There, there's kids that we work a lot with a lot of youth, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they're all tired. I'm thinking, oh, I said, that's strange. What's going on? Because we know God. That's right. Glory. It is supernatural strength. Man. Amen. Well, I'm going to keep you all in prayer, man, in Jesus' name. All right. Thank you. Hallelujah. Serve a good God, brother. Thank you, Neha. What's this? Okay, thank you. Money, help. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, put it in the freezer. No, glory to God. No, no, I'm fine. Thank For so long in one place without moving, Cam? This whole time? Grandma Esther. What happened? She goes, You guys have the same shape. She goes, You and Grandma Esther. You know what? I went back in the house to get it, and I got something else, and I didn't get my food. 
And I let him totally see if I had to move every leg because I couldn't feel it. You <laughs> sit outside. I'll face that. And right outside. Make sense, the whole thing? Yeah, it was really good. This was all really good. There was, you know, the talk we had with David yesterday. I found Uncle Francis, and I wanted to ask him, listen, yeah. I mean, what the heck? Be the baby. So what's gonna happen with it? You guys are you guys are fixing my phone or what? Yeah, that's what I was trying to do, take notes, because there's a lot of stuff that's going down. Yeah. I got to go to the next Yeah, he did. Take that. Well, <clears throat> I was a little forced because I was, <clears throat> I couldn't hear myself. Oh, I already did. I'm going to do more. Oh. Praise the Lord.